Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Sponsored by Bridge Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, the return of Amazon's Jedi and the coronavirus state that will live in infamy. The first, cheating veterans. So earlier this week, the Federal Trade Commission announced that five colleges used misleading sales tactics to lure military vets and their families. The upshot is that the schools now have 60 days to basically fix their mistakes or else they'll be cut off from the lucrative GI Bill, at least in terms of getting new students. Why it matters that the GI Bill is one of the few bipartisan success stories, not only of the past century, but specifically of the past decade. The most recent version was implemented in mid-2009 and since then has provided educational benefits to nearly 800,000 vets and their families. But the allegations, these new ones, are an abuse of that goodwill, including from the University of Phoenix, one of those for-profit college giants that have been favorited by the Trump Education Department under Secretary Betsy DeVos. The basic accusation against University of Phoenix is that it advertised itself as working with big tech companies like Microsoft and Twitter and Adobe to employ its students when it was actually doing no such thing. Or put another way, it defrauded folks. And now not only is on the hook for $191 million via a settlement with the FTC last December, in which it didn't admit wrongdoing, but also the loss of one of its most steady streams of customers. I mean students. In 20 seconds, we'll go deeper into what all of this means with Washington Post reporter Danielle Douglas-Gabriel. But first, this. Bridge Bank believes in the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors, those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. That's why Bridge Bank has been dedicated to providing financial solutions to sponsor-backed emerging technology and growth companies for nearly two decades through its national network of banking teams and offices. Bridge Bank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank. Be bold, venture wisely. We're joined now by Washington Post reporter Danielle Douglas-Gabriel. Let's start with this, particularly given that the University of Phoenix is part of this. Can you like kind of help me a little bit with the broader landscape that for-profit colleges are currently operating in? Because I, I remember certainly during the end, particularly of the Obama administration, there was a lot more pressure on these schools for all sorts of ways, including accreditation. But it seems that the education department under Betsy DeVos has been much more, say, amenable or positive towards these sorts of institutions. Certainly. So for-profit schools have seen a lot of the regulation that the Obama administration had imposed relaxed under Trump. And that's been useful to some extent. The reputational damage the schools have suffered in light of a bunch of really dramatic closures and allegations of fraud and mismanagement really hasn't done them enough good to help rebound from all of that damage. So you're not seeing people enrolling in for-profit schools and drills. Also just, you know, the cycle of the economy has been pretty strong, and so college enrollments tend to go down during that time. But for-profits as a sector are enjoying a lot less regulation than they were previously. The current situation, this thing with the FTC recently, both the fine last December, but now also the possible suspension of GI Bill benefits for new students to these schools. From your perspective, is that related at all to rolling back of regulation, or is that simply doing something different wrong? That's a little different. So the FTC had this investigation going about five since five years ago, looking at some claims that the University of Phoenix had made that they had all these partnerships with these major companies, and these companies were essentially just hiring their graduates right off the bat. And the FTC said, well, that didn't sound exactly right to us. And so they started to investigate whether the veracity of those claims and discovered, or at least in their point, that saying that a lot of these companies actually don't really have much 
a partnership with the University of Phoenix, and there's no guarantee that their graduates will get jobs there. Phoenix disputes this, says that they do have working relationships with companies like Microsoft and Twitter and have been successful in getting their graduates placed, but the FTC says that's not the case. And to kind of resolve these charges, because this investigation has been going on forever, Phoenix last December decided to settle for $191 million. Now, there is a law that says that when the FTC investigates claims like this, and if they make a referral to any other agencies, those agencies, and in this case, the VA, has to take some kind of action within 90 days. So the VA was put in this position where after this settlement came down in December, they had to start looking into whether a University of Phoenix could still participate in the GI benefits program and have access to those benefits, which a lot of schools, especially for-profit schools, really rely on. The benefits that are earned by men and women in the military and offered also to their families has become kind of a cash cow for some schools. And for for for-profits in particular, those GI benefits do not count toward this rule that's called the 90-10 rule. And that essentially says that 90% of the money revenue that you're receiving can come from federal student aid, but the other 10% has to come from other sources. Well, GI Bill benefits don't count. It's a loophole that allows them not to count. So a lot of for-profits, especially University of Phoenix and others, have been accused of kind of pressuring vets to come into their schools so they can access those benefits and get that extra revenue. Correct me if I'm wrong here. You reported the University of Phoenix has been the largest recipient of GI Bill education benefits for over the last decade or so. Yes. So leaving Phoenix aside for a second, there was also an issue related here with Bellevue's nursing program accreditation. How does that fit in? Bellevue was accused by the state attorney general of telling potential uh, applicants for a new nursing program that they had, that they were fully accredited and able to, to do this licensure program. Bellevue says that they have been accredited. That program has been accredited since 2017 under like this special form of accreditation that was provisional, but the attorney general did not think that that cut the mustard, so he decided to pursue with the investigation. The school is fighting the charge, but the VA had to start paying attention to it because of the implications of all of the veterans that are using their GI Bill benefits in order to fund their education for that program. The same thing is the case at Temple. Temple's a little interesting because with them, they were accused, and it's been found to be the case, that they were fudging information regarding the placement of their MBA program. They were saying that it was number one for all these years. That turned out not to be the case. And that's a pretty deceptive marketing and advertising position. And as a result, the VA once again had to step in and say, we can't by law allow you to do that and then continue to collect these GI Bill education benefits. So what happens now? So they've got a couple months basically to fight the allegations, but I'm wondering, like, take University of Phoenix. They settled with the FTC last December, basically for kind of everybody, veterans and non-veterans. And, and as you say, be, because of the law, the VA then had to take a look and step in. Is the fact that Phoenix never acknowledged or accepted wrongdoing that December settlement, is that a potential saving grace for them? Or is there really a way out of this? I mean, is there a chance the VA, for lack of a better term, is going to lose this? Or do the schools just have to prove we won't do it again? It's kind of a, a weird gray area, right? Because you're right, Phoenix never admitted any wrongdoing, but that's not going to be a saving grace for them. They have to show that in the, since that uh, settlement came down or even since the information was first brought to the FTCs for investigation, that they have taken actions to ensure that there is no gray area when it comes to how they are marketing their programs. Whether that would be constitute enough corrective action 
for the VA is really up to the powers that be. You know, this decision to to consider cutting off all of these schools wasn't exactly altruistic. It was something that had to happen by law. And there is a lot of flexibility for these schools to avoid this altogether. They are being given 60 days to come up with a detailed plan that shows that they are doing what's necessary to avoid any kind of perception that they are not living up to the law, essentially. Danielle, thank you very much for joining us. That was uh, Danielle Douglas-Gabriel. You can follow her on Twitter at Danny, D-A-N-I, Doug Post. My final two, right after this. The Equity Fund Resources Group at BridgeBank is a central hub for the venture capital and private equity communities. Offering banking services for funds, partners, and their portfolio companies, BridgeBank's financial solutions are designed for the entire innovation ecosystem and include creative credit solutions, robust treasury and cash management capabilities, and a suite of international banking products. BridgeBank is a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is the U.S. Defense Department, which stunned the tech world yesterday by saying that it will reassess its decision to give a $10 billion cloud computing contract to Microsoft instead of to Amazon. This is the so-called Jedi contract, which almost everyone thought Amazon had in the bag until it didn't, and which was the subsequent subject of accusations that President Trump had put his thumb on the scale, in part due to his personal animus toward Amazon CEO and Washington Post owner Jeff Bezos. The upshot is that DOD will likely get 120 days to reevaluate its decision, pending a judge's agreement. One caveat, though, is that the Department of Justice is technically the party requesting the extension and says it wants to dig deeper into issues of pricing, not of presidential interference. And finally, you might remember an episode we did here with Ron Klain, the Democratic operative and venture capitalist who served as President Obama's so-called Ebola czar. Klain's basic point during that show was that the administration needed a coordinated response to the coronavirus and also needed a dedicated point person rather than just the head of an existing department like HHS. Basically, what Klain had done for Ebola. What you might not recall, though, is the date the podcast ran. It was January 27th. And as we learned today from The Wall Street Journal, that's the exact same day of the very first White House meeting on the coronavirus. Honestly, it sounds like we planned our show before they planned their meeting. Or put another way, the White House was just incredibly far behind the ball, not only in terms of thinking about the problem, but also because it didn't take Ron Klain's central advice that day about having a point person for nearly another month when Mike Pence was named. Just inexcusable. And we're done. Big thanks to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven. Have a great national Good Samaritan Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with a special series of episodes focused on the coronavirus. So please check us out over the weekend. Stay calm and keep your distance.